And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's do it. Every Thursday morning, after a long night of Wednesday playoff action, just waiting for you in your podcast feeds as you wake up, it's Point Point of Contention. contention. (laughs) On the Athletic NBA Show as a part of the Athletic Podcast Network, it's myself, Zach Harper, teeing up the toughest topics and questions to Marcus Thompson, Jade Hoy producing. producing. Every Thursday, subscribe to the Athletic NBA Show. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to give you some of the craziest and most hard-hitting theories and takes of playoff action possible. And you'll get point of contention right in your eardrums. In fact, if you don't like it, we'll have a point of contention for you. Right here on The Athletic. Yes. I see (laughs) J.O. What's going on, brothers? Man, what's happening, man? How are you? Doing pretty good. We were just talking about your legendary days with the Warriors and how you how you went out like a G with one wrist out here, Debo. It's so funny because that that last game we lost uh, in in L.A. I went I went right. I walked right across the street to the hotel to Marriott and I just laid across the bed and I told my wife, that's it. Really? Is that right? I I knew it was it. That was it, huh? I'm done. Damn. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. And it is a special Hoops Adjacent episode of the Athletic MBA Show. David Aldrich here in D.C. My man Mark Thompson out in the Bay driving aimlessly. Not aimlessly. He's got things to do and people to see. Marcus, are, 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 how, how are the AirPods holding up, man? Oh, man, D.A., you know this is 2021. We've been Zoomed out and working from home yes. and remote and all that. So you know what I'm saying? We about this life. We multitasking. I'm ready. It's a beautiful day out here, and it's not as oppressively hot as it is where you are. It's not bad this week. No, this week's actually oh, in the so 80s. Good. We're That's in the nice. 80s this week, surprisingly enough. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. We got a special guest we want to get right to it. Very this, special. This is fascinating. Um, and, and the guy, Marcus, the first time I interviewed this dude was in 1996, his rookie <laughs> year at the RTP in Orlando. <laughs> when I was at ESPN. So we go back a minute. Jermaine O'Neal. Welcome, man. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. Man, it's so good to see you, man. You, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but I definitely want to get to this right away because you you produced this, right? This Netflix show that's part of the series that they're doing that premieres tonight because this is Tuesday or premieres today, I should say. And it is all about, uh, it's called Untold and it's about the untold stories of sports and the first the first episode of Untold on Netflix is about the malice at the palace. Very intelligent game tonight. Oh. And Wallace is fouled. And Wallace did. Oh, Wallace right at our chest. This has potential to be serious if they don't get between. Wallace upset. Players trying to hold each other off. Oh. Steven Jackson over to Wallace trying to be peacemakers. Now Jackson yelling. 
Wallace still going. You need the coaches in there to get him away. Jackson challenging Derek Coleman. Somebody should just get Jackson out of quickly as possible. The problem is if Wallace the infamous Malice at the Palace in 2004, which you certainly remember and, and were a part of, and I, I must I must ask you first, Jo, like. Why do this again? This, you know what I mean. Like I'm thinking, if there's one thing you've talked you've talked about forever and ever is about this. So what what what's what do you want to get out of this that that maybe people don't remember or that people don't didn't know about what happened at night? So I, I think I'm, I'm burnt out talking about it. I am so tired of of seeing these anniversaries every year and people you know adding me or whatever it is you know yeah. they're, they're posting. One of the things that so Jack and Ron have always stood out in front of us, right? Uh, I did not because I felt a certain way about this. I've looked to try to do this doc, right? We put everybody involved in in you know in one doc and really talk about the night. And it took me about ten years. Like I met with a ton of producers and directors. Um, I didn't feel like at the time that it was you know they really got it because I wanted to speak to not the avid NBA fan but to many of the people that I'm seeing in the business world that don't watch much NBA, but they know about the brawl. Right. right? And so, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do is uh, control my narrative. I've never been able to have a conversation uh, in depth about it. And it's a lot of things that people to this point don't even know about, you know, what happened and the impact that it had far beyond the malice. Right. Mm -hmm. you know, so it literally was 10 years. It took 10 years to finalize everything. <laughs> right. Right. It, no it's question. Crazy to think. No question. It was it was I mean, you saw everything that stemmed from that. The dress code, everything, everything that was impacted and, and was touched by that by that one night and that one fight. Um, what don't people know about it that you want to get out there? Well, you know, I think here's, a, here's one of the things that was um, very sensitive to me. Um, you know, some of the most respected people um, that I respect even to this day had a lot to say about it, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't believe that they were able, that they did the very thing that made them respect it was take in the real information, like do your homework. It was a quick to judgment scenario that was just right. You hear words like thug or, you know, yeah. criminals and all kind of crazy, wild stuff that was said. Um, and that was, for me, that was personal because mm -hmm. not only was that, was that said about me and my teammates, but also most importantly, it was my peers in the NBA, right? My league mm -hmm. that that is that has awarded me an opportunity to live a dream and take care of my family, the Indiana Pacers, you know, Detroit Pistons. Uh, so it was like this crazy narrative that the league was out of control. They, they adopted too much hip hop and all this other banana stuff that that was going on, but yet still celebrate running them, you know, running you know to the mound and, and throwing some punch and hockey even worse. You know, that they, you know, they are beating the hell out of each other. And, I'm, <laughs> right. you know, and those not necessarily, you know, fans and, and players, which they have had that as well. They but have. many times, yes. But the thing for me, fellas, is that when I hear people talk about our choice of music that we listen to creates, you know, narrative who we are as people. Yeah. Right. And so that was a lot of this was tough for us. And at the same time, being having to have a muzzle literally put on us. Yeah, that we could not say anything. We had to take whatever whatever was given to us, and I finally found an opportunity 
Um, and shout out to Netflix for understanding the vision. Uh, the Way Brothers, uh, Floyd Russ did a phenomenal job on directing this thing. And everybody that was involved uh, in this doc, uh, Larry Brown, for she was who actually, you know, they actually in the final cut didn't make it um, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But I, it was important for me to have this conversation. So, you know, you can you can come to a conclusion now, uh, knowing all the information, uh, whether it's me going taking the NBA to court and yeah. winning. Yeah, right, right. J.O., this is one of those situations that represent, you know, um, the dichotomy of really being a black male. Because part of you, especially as you get older, you understand what's at play, right? The the stigmatization, the uh, the harm that could come from it, the imagery. But if I'm being honest, there was a part of me that was like, yo, yo, J.O. just dropped a dude in the middle of a court. You know, uh, is there a part of you that, you know, I guess felt good about it or, you know, got some type of fame from it? Because, you know, we all have lived at one point uh, wanting to do what you did, which was punch a dude in the face for talking crazy. And you actually got to do it. And I remember that being like, yo, this dude is really about that life. And there was some credibility with that. So that's kind of the the dichotomy of coming where, where we're from where you kind of want to get your credibility and you want to get your respect, but also in the process of doing so, you expose yourself to some of the stigmatization. Well, I can tell you this, Marcus, I've always kind of been known as a a no-nonsense type of guy, right? So I think that's been the one thing that people, you know, know me about, but also know I'm I'm about the right thing as well. Um, I would probably say, no, I I don't want that cred because uh, for that, right? Because, it, it opened up wounds for a lot of things, right? And so it's not a situation where you take credit for something like that and then, you know, alienate everything else and everybody else that was involved too, you know, as well. So, you know, that that for me um, was a tough situation. And just so you know, for people that don't know this, is when you see me run across that floor and slip, I had literally just through a guy on the scores table that came up from behind me and grabbed me around my neck. Mm. Right. People don't know that. Right. Mm. I turn to the left and I see Anthony Johnson, who's by the way, if you saw me, you know, running that slide, you'll see Anthony Johnson getting up off the floor, about to get up off the floor in a brown suit with a, Mm. with a, with a cast on his, he had a broken wrist. So I'm, I take a guy, imagine being in an environment where you see fans everywhere on the court, everywhere and guy just try to choke slam you from behind and so your your tennis is up sure. like i'm about to hit everything and everybody that comes anywhere near me or my teammates and that's how that ended up happening yeah how how did you um well let me ask you again as one of the producers of this i, I know you and meta had you, you know you had you went through some things over the years how did you come to the realization well he's got to be in this he has to be in this and we have to we have to be honest about you know everything that went on there. Well, hell, it, you know, we all had to. He had better been in it because <laughs> right, he put, he put us in it. He put us in the balance. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. No, no so, question. <laughs> but but I'm gonna tell you guys. So it's, it's well documented that me and Ron did not have a great relationship at all. Yeah, um, I was uneducated about mental health. Yeah, right. 
And yeah, we all were. To be honest with you, we all were, Jay. We all were. Sure, yep, at that time. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and when you talk about mental health back then, you're t- that's like an ACL an ACL tear, right? Yeah. It's like the death of a career. When people say crazy or, or not mentally there, whatever it may be, you know, you know, that part is a stigma that is hard to shake. But for me, when I look back at this thing, because I think it's important for you guys to know, when we shot our, you know, all of our scenes, yeah. we were never together. Okay. Right. And so when I saw how Ron or Meta um, spoke about his challenges, yeah. right? That spoke volumes to me because now I feel like I could have been a better teammate, a better brother if I was educated more about his struggles. I never knew about the five count, right? Take five. Yeah. I never knew that, you know, how he reacted off, off pressure, right? We've mm-hmm. seen some of his reactions during pressure, but mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't necessarily know like that was like a real thing until uh, until I heard him in, you know, in this doc. And I was really, really impressed. And to a point, I was I was pretty emotional and sad about it, too, because um, he was literally probably screaming for help for many years. At, and yeah. it doesn't help when you have a, you know, having a you know, teammate or teammates. Um, that are upset with you all the time because you choose to take breaks and choose to go do music and choose to not come to this and not come to that when we're trying to win a championship. Right. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
Yeah. See, that's the thing. I mean, it, to me, that gets lost is how good the team was and how close you all were to winning, you know, getting to the finals and breaking through. And that was the backdrop to everything, right? I mean, the, so the season before this season, the results of what happened with the suspensions just destroyed the team, wrecked the team, you know, right. and, and so that's always to me, the, the, the overlaying thing about that whole time was you all were so close and you were in this, it's, I don't want to overstate it, but you were in a very heated competition with Detroit, very right. heated at the time. Yeah. And so all of those things were, were coming to bear at the same time on this one night, you know, that was all part of this. 100%. And I think um, Floyd, the director got it. He did it. He, he hit it right on the head. Like, you know, back then, I mean, you guys know, I mean, it was, everybody was friends, but on the court, nobody was friends. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And it was either you or me, and we were able to put aside our friendships. And in many cases, people don't, as, as, as tight as that Midwest, you know, scenario was between the Pistons and the Pacers, um, we still, in many cases, went to dinner together, mm-hmm. but did not speak to each other on the court. But fans don't understand that, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. um, you know, it was important for us to try to be a, be a certain way. And when you get an opportunity to win, Right. Because I'm going to tell you, when we won 64 games, had the best record the year before and lost in the conference finals. We got to that point not knowing how good we were. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We knew we had some talent that we traded for, for Jack. And we was like, oh, that's the missing piece. We about to win it all. Yeah. Right. And then get to a situation like that where when I tell you it derailed not only an opportunity to win a championship, but it divided cities. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I also think it derailed was the perception of your career. I mean, you had a really great career. You had a really great basketball life. You did a lot of great things. Is it um, frustrating to know that you are probably remembered more for this instead of being a six-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, being a great leader, walking away from the game with people saying you're a great locker room guy and a great leader and coming from high school. I'm just curious to how you reconcile those two reputations. And I'm also curious about how, how do you tell this to your children? Like, how do you explain this to Jermaine and Asia about how their father is being portrayed? It had a lasting impact on me. Um, you know, the Pacers were put in a position where um, basically, you know, they had to make a move because uh, there was some other things that happened after that, right? You had some a uh, couple of nightclub issues, yeah. yeah. Um, so you had you had to make a decision, um, and it put a lot more wear and tear on me uh, physically um, because now you take away, you know, those guys, you know, who, you know, we can take turns, right? Yes, yes. And you bring in other guys that are, are, are pretty good pros, but they had never been in the playoffs before, right? And so now I'm having to double down on everything and it just, it literally physically wore me down. Um, but I think from a perspective, Marcus, is um, I'm a lot more mature now. I know, you know, I know I, I view things a little bit different, Um I kind of feel like no matter what happened, people will always have a have an opinion on you no matter what, right? And you're not gonna you're not gonna be feasible um, and 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 good for everybody. Um, and so for me, from how how people view me and on my career, um, I know it's there. I mean, I you know, it's there. I know you know people. 
you know, and I say this because I remember, and this is what I knew the impact of. I remember make, coming back and making an all-star game that same year, right? The brawl year. And yeah. I was a starter, right? And I wasn't, my picture was nowhere to be found. Right. And I understood that that was like the first time that I understood the business of sports. Yeah. Right. Right. That it is much bigger than anything that you can actually think about for yourself. Right. You got to be a part of a machine that allows you to 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 take care of your family and try to do things the right way. The only difference is, Marcus and, and, and David, is that I just wish that it was some tools to be used for the NBA and for the Indiana Pacers. Uh, that they could have did. And and, I, and I'm just talking about me. I'm not talking about Ron or Jack. Yeah, yeah. They could have used, um, that could have changed the narrative. But I think they were so afraid. It was like a toxic, you know, relationship at that point. Right? You don't want to yeah. touch that. Right? You want to leave it over there um, and let it go. I mean, I remember the next year, we weren't, we weren't on any televised games. Right. Um, so... <laughs> Um, that it did. Well, it, I think it did. And it has had an impact on how people view me in my career. Um, but you know, it allowed me to become an even better leader and better person, you know, through that process. And now I can give this information, you know, to other players and other people in the communities that are aspiring to do what I did. I want to, I want to talk to you real quick. Cause I know we got limited time here, but you, you are the owner. You, you founded drive nation, drive nation underscore DFW. Uh, it is uh, boys and girls uh, youth basketball involved with EYBL and and with and you have volleyball program. You've got a lot of stuff going on. But you had mentioned when we were getting set up that Kay Cunningham came through your program, and I'm just curious about your impressions of him and and what you've seen of him as he gets to this level now, of being the number one pick. We have about 2,000 kids. It's grown significantly over, over, over four years. And we've had, you know, we've been very blessed to have some incredible talent. Kate, like you said, RJ Hampton, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Jemias Ramsey, all are, in, in, are all in the NBA right now. Also, Drew Timmy at Gonzaga. Yeah. Um, uh, Sam Williamson at Louisville. But Kate is a person that um, I remember it's interesting. I remember first having a conversation with him and his brother about him being a point guard. I said, no, nah, I don't think he's a point guard. You know, he's like, no, no, he's a point guard. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, well, let's see. And this is like his freshman, sophomore year. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to tell you guys, he has incredible foundation in parents mm. um, and his brother. Yeah. Uh, his dad is a union worker. Union worker. Right. So Kate brings that union worker mentality to the game. Right. right? He is a kid that is a two-way player um, that wants to be really good at his craft. Um, he's a phenomenal kid. Um, it is really nothing that I can really say that is of question about him because he is a franchise type player that will best represent you not only on the court, but off the court as well. And I got to say this too, because people be, you know, my daughter always pokes at me. I actually built Drive Nation because of her. So it was actually because of volleyball first. There you go. Yeah, tell, 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 yeah, tell our listeners about, about your, about your daughter's uh, volleyball. Yo, she is nice, nice, like uh, nice, <laughs> nice. About the arc of her volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you, um, you know, God works in so many different ways, man. I remember, you know, her, um, I remember like Boston was probably my two toughest years mm. in my career. Not yeah. even close. Yeah. And I couldn't even practice on my knee blowing up. And I remember always coming home and like, I had like this little setup uh, with the Norma Tech, which takes the swelling out and then an ice machine. 
um, as well to ice my knee because I had to do that just like every single day because my knee was just bothering me. Yeah. And she would come and sit beside me and put her arm around me and say, Dad, would you just would you just stop playing? Would you just quit? I said, Well, Asia, I can't, I can't quit. I gotta keep going. I didn't know that God sent me there because one, they had the best children's uh, hospital, um, heart hospital in, in the world. Yeah. Um, and we ended up figuring out that she had a, leak, a, a leaky valve in her heart. And so I didn't realize what I was going through was building the character of her yeah. as, a, as a young lady and as an athlete. So to fast track that, she ended up having a heart surgery um, almost eight years ago, first one eight years ago, and the, and the last one a year ago. Mm. Um, and I'm going to tell you guys, she inspires me in so many ways. Um, she could have easily quit. Um, but she, she brings it to my attention. Like, Dad, you know, you know, I can't quit because I love, I love doing what I do. Yeah. Right. And that was important to me. You know, she's at the university of Texas, uh, shout out to the Longhorns. They've done a phenomenal job with her. Um, and you know, they have a phenomenal team and I think she set, she set a great standard to, um, what an athlete should be because my son is more little Jermaine is more connected to her than he was to me. Yeah, because I was I was coming to a close when he was born. Yeah, um, so she's lived through you know, like you said, Marcus. You know, coming home and she asking me what happened in the brawl, and you know, she was so intelligent, and I was able to have to I had to tell her you know what that was and kind of go through that process. So it's kind of mold her into the strong young lady, black woman that's turning twenty two in a couple of months, um, and I, I couldn't be any more proud of her because she keeps me honest. Uh, when it comes to what I do on a day-to-day basis as far as a dad and a businessman and a father and all of the above. Um, and she's setting a pedigree or a standard um, that my son can follow and touch um, because he really admires, you know, her struggle. So speaking of little Jermaine, right, you have probably already had the conversation, but he was raised under a, a different paradigm of basketball and you more cut from that old school cloth. But I wonder when you talk to him about today's game, are you telling him, man, if I would have played today, you know, I would have been <laughs> or or do you have to pull out the tape from the early 2000s and show him how his dad got down? Hey, listen, I, tell, I told him. So here's, here's a click cut separators mentalities. Right. So we talk about mentalities. Right. And. You know, the game is, is these kids are athletic. I think they're more, they're more explosive, they're more athletic. Yes. Um, I don't think they're t- as tough as we were mentally, you know, when it comes down to it. So I said, hey, look, how do you, like, I need you to focus on being a, a game separator mentally and emotionally. I said, first of all, don't nobody care about your feelings. They care about outcome and yes. protection, right? And I said, well, you know, for him too, and again, you hit it right on the, he is raising a different, environment when it comes to style of play, but you're also raising a different environment at home. So I said, well, Jermaine, how do I, how do I teach you to be hungry when your stomach's always filled? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So in my mind, like I'm giving him this old, like I'm like, rah, 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 <laughs> and still trying to be dead. Um, you know, he's a six, four kid, you know, he's running jump, he's track fast. He can play all five positions. Um, but he is a suburban kid that has not had to struggle for anything. Right. You are preaching right, right. now. 
Dude, dude, we could talk. We could do the. We could do the next hour on this. <laughs> Between hey, all tell, our kids, <laughs> I always tell that we need like a convention. Yeah, I'm right. telling you, listen, me and Tracy McGrady. No, shout out to Seven One Sports. We have a sports agency too, so we we're gonna kickstart that this year. But okay. um, me and Tracy, we're like, it's like we gotta hug each other because. <laughs> Like these kids are just different nowadays, bro. They sure. just different. <laughs> I go back and forth on it, Jermaine, all the time. Like, well, this is why we struggled so that they don't have to, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I'm, I'm but... telling you. <laughs> and you don't want to feel bad <laughs> right, for right. doing and providing for your kids. Right, right. I'm like, bro, like, put the phone down. Put the iPad down. Come on. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. That could be a series into it uh, into itself. But this series is the one we were here to talk about. It's Untold Malice at the Palace. It's on Netflix. It premieres today. Uh, uh, one of five series that will premiere every Tuesday on Netflix. And Jermaine O'Neal produced this first one. Man, it's so good to see you. I'm so happy for you, man. You were always you. one of the good dudes in the league. You were always available. Never said no. Always were willing to, to talk. And I, I really appreciate that, man. And I appreciate you stopping by because I know you got a busy schedule. Hold on. Was he always like that? Yes. Or was that the old school version? I told you. The first, the first time I talked to J.O., he was 18 years old, just out of high school. And he said, I'll talk to D.A., sure. <laughs> well, by the time I got to J.O., he was an OG. At that point, you were like, hey, sit down. Sit down. Sit down on my feet. Let me learn you something, youngster. <laughs> I've, always, I've always been pro, like, being able to have a conversation. Nobody's going to control your narrative quite like you. So yeah. have that, you know, having that conversation, being able to talk to people because – the one thing, and I know we got to go, but the one thing that I learned early in the game is that relationships is the most important thing you can have in life. Yeah. Right. Because at some point, your skill set, if you're an athlete, it's going to deteriorate. You're going to go off into the real world and it's going to be based off the relationships that you established. Uh, so I, I've always appreciate you, obviously, Marcus, and obviously, Dave, I've been knowing you for a long time. I appreciate you guys having me on. And what I will say to anybody that watches, you know, watches this doc is put yourself where I was, right? Or any anybody, right? In a situation like that. And then, you know, listen to this, watch the doc and then ask yourself, what would you do if you was in that situation? Right. There you go. There you go. Man, Jermaine, thank you again, man. Continued success. Stay safe out there, man. It's crazy out there right now. And yep. appreciate your time, man. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Congrats Later. for making Netflix, man. That's a really big deal. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, man. It, was, it was really the right timing. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.